Shalom, and welcome to another episode of Rochelle Zell Stories, a podcast of Rochelle Zell Jewish High School. I'm Rabbi Zachary Silver, Rav Beit Sefer, school rabbi of Rochelle Zell. Over the course of this podcast, we'll have the opportunity to explore the life of our CJHS, speaking with students, teachers, parents, and alumni about their lives both inside and outside of our school building. We'll feature the exciting events in the community and get a glimpse of life in the classroom, sharing student reflections in Debray Torah. Today, we sit down with Nadav Sprague, a graduate of CJHS in 2013. Nadav is the founder and current CEO of Gateway to the Great Outdoors, a nonprofit that partners with low-income schools in Chicago and St. Louis and is dedicated to providing extensive environmental, outdoor, and STEAM education. GGO's curriculum combines hands-on, inquiry-based instruction, as well as nature-based outings and overnight trips with year-round mentorship provided by university students. Nadav is also currently studying for a PhD in environmental epidemiology at Columbia University, where he is researching how access to green space, nature, and climate change affect child development and educational attainment. In our conversation, we explore how GGO represents a fusion of Nadav's passion for education and the environment, and some of his fond memories from his time in high school, both inside and outside of the classroom. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Nadav, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. So just to begin, can you just tell us a little bit about where you are physically right now and a just a basic description of what you've been up to since you graduated in 2013? Yeah, so a lot has happened um, since I graduated in 2013. Um, I'm currently in New York City, and I'm getting my PhD in environmental epidemiology at Columbia's Mailman School of Public Health. Um, And then before that, um, I was living in St. Louis, where I started a nonprofit called Gateway to the Great Outdoors that I still work for and run, um, where we do environmental outdoor and STEAM education for low income middle and elementary school students um, in St. Louis and Chicago. So could you tell us a little bit about that organization? Um, what are some of your goals? What do the activities look like? Environmental education is clearly core to it. And on a daily day basis, what does that mean? Yeah, um, thank you for those questions. Um, So actually at RZJHS, I was with Rachel Aronson, who is a fellow alumni. We were co-chairs for Drives, which was um, through um, Vad Tikkun Olam. And we did um, school supply drive um, and we did programs um, surrounding educational inequity and the educational gap. And that's something that's always been really important to me. And um, at CJHS, um, I really um, was able to explore more about the um, educational gap. And so um, I realized at CJHS, I had such great um, educational opportunities Um, where we really got individualized um, learning and everything. Um, However, unfortunately, not everyone has that. So the goal of GGO is to really give um, personalized mentorship to all of our students and provide them with environmental and STEM education and really great hands-on education that I was so fortunate to have as a student 
but unfortunately it's not um, the standard across the country. So I was looking at your website and clearly a lot of it's outdoors um, and the very name GGO, Gateway to the Great Outdoors, clearly focuses on ensuring that all of our students can, can really see the wonders of nature. How does that education work? Uh, you, especially because you're primarily working with city populations. Yeah, so um, basically our program, um, not during COVID, it's a little bit different during COVID as you can imagine, um, is that we have our mentors come into the classroom and work with the students on a weekly basis, um, doing hands-on interactive experiments with the students, um, whether it's building their own wind turbines or um, modeling different streams to learn about um, geology. Um, and then based on what we're learning in the classroom, we take the students on monthly field trips. So that could look like um, a field trip um, to the Mississippi River in St. Louis or in Chicago going to Lake Michigan when we learn about lakes or going to um, the Indiana sand dunes and really um, engaging the students um, in an environment that they're not necessarily used to. Um, I mean, a lot of our students, unfortunately, haven't left a five block radius of their house and school. So um, this is a, really the first time that they really get to adventure. Um, we have one school um, on the south side of Chicago that is only a 30 minute walk to Lake Michigan. However, um, when we took them to the Indiana sand dunes, unfortunately um, that was half of the students first time ever at Lake Michigan, which is just um, so, sad to me because um, Lake Michigan was such a big part of my childhood growing up in Chicago and just um, how different that is is definitely a shame because Lake Michigan is such a beauty. It's very powerful. It's clear that this is a really an overlapping program. Uh, you clearly have a real passion for being in the classroom and also for being outside and I was just hoping for you to just sort of reflect a little bit about that. What, what kind of led to that, that passion to, to, to teach, especially it sounds like elementary school kids. I have always really loved, I'll answer your first question first about the outdoors. I, growing up, I was very fortunate and I was able to go to a canoe tripping camp um, and had really great um, experiences in the outdoors. And I also have always grown up learning about tikkun olam and it's always really stuck with me kind of tikkun olam in a more, in, in a literal sense of really repairing our earth um, as the environment has always been something really important to me and my family. So that kind of has been kind of a natural thing throughout my whole life. And then teaching, I similarly have always enjoyed working with kids. Um, I remember even at CJHS, I like, led the freshman Shabbaton, and I always just really enjoyed working with children, even as a child. And specifically, I just really like the middle school age because they are really starting to build their own personality and identity and really can grasp on to these complex science topics, but still are really excited about exploring and trying new things. So I think it's a really good age for a program like GGO. And unfortunately, when I was um, creating GGO, I saw that there were a lot of great programs for like kids who are like in kindergarten, and then there are great high school programs, but there's really a lack of middle school programs. So I wanna zoom in a little bit on that. You founded this 
NGO, you founded this nonprofit in college, which is pretty amazing. And could you tell us a little bit about the process of creating a nonprofit from the ground up? Yeah, um, well, thank you very much for saying that. I think I definitely was able to do it with um, a large support network. With starting it, I think the biggest thing was kind of figuring out um, how to best kind of accomplish the goals by working with the community that um, we wanted to work with. So um, the first steps really were kind of meeting with potential schools and kind of creating this program um, with the schools to really make sure that it's what benefits the school the most and what would be best for the students. So I think that was kind of the biggest step and everything else kind of just came naturally. Originally, I wasn't even planning on turning it into nonprofit. I was just planning on having it be like a student group at Washington University. But the program had such a great impact on the students. I mean, the students would come and run and hug the mentors every week. And they were always so excited to see them. They said, I have had really um, in-depth conversations with students. Um, One student during the first like pilot um, semester told me that GGO was the only time that she felt like she had her childhood. And this was a seventh grader. And so that was really hard for me to hear because as a senior in college, I still felt like a child. And then hearing from a seventh grader that this is the only time that they got to feel like a child really meant a lot. So really that is what driven me to um, form the nonprofit. And I think as long as you're really willing to kind of take others advice, I had such great advice from people in the community and also people like the Jewish community. um, And then also um, through the communities that we're working with in the school communities. So really kind of, I think, knowing that you're not in this alone and like really kind of use support of others and don't try to reinvent the wheel because that's always harder. So really work in existing programs made it a lot easier. So what, what was some of that advice, I guess, from you spoke about both college advice and the Jewish community's advice. Could you give a, a couple of examples maybe about what that meant for you in terms of starting your program? Um, so I'm, I just meant advice like on how to run a nonprofit and stuff like that. Um, and also like advice from the community on how to best to like run a um, organization like this, because we obviously had to figure out with the schools what would work best. And we did some trial and error. At first, it was like an after school program, but then there were issues with attendance. So then we transitioned it into the school day and really kind of being um, fully transparent um, with the um, schools and the parents that we work with and um, really trying to figure out what's best with them. And um, I've been really fortunate. Um, A professor at Washington University um, has been really helpful and has helped a lot with creating an evaluation system of the program and really in um, helping to kind of make sure that it's um, really fitting the best needs for our students. So that's been really helpful. What is your role currently? Um, so I'm currently the CEO and I'm working remotely, obviously, as I'm no longer in St. Louis or Chicago. So what is that? what does that role entail? You're clearly in touch with people on the ground in both Chicago and St. Louis. And in this year in particular, 
perhaps even more important than ever for students to be engaging with themselves. There are also some complications. So could you reflect a little bit about what this year's looked like? Oh yeah, so this year, um, obviously, unfortunately, we haven't been able to do our in-person program. So starting in the beginning of April, we developed a, well, during March, we developed the program, but in April, we kicked off Go and Grow with GGO, which at the time, we really knew that a lot of our students wouldn't have access to internet and to computer devices, and they still don't fully have great access. Um, and additionally, a lot of our students don't have the materials to just like draw and stuff at home. So we really wanted to create something for our students to um, be able to do activities. And if they had a screen, that would be away from the screen. Um, and also if they didn't have a screen, they wouldn't be dependent on it. So we created this program where we have um, these kits go out um, to our students and um, honestly, additional students as well. And in those students, we, I mean, in those um, kits, we have at least three um, hands-on experiments for the students. Typically there's one that focuses on kind of more STEAM education. So, um, and then one that focuses on like healthy lifestyles. And then the third is more outdoor education. And we um, also try to include materials like crayons and markers so that um, the students can kind of draw and be creative as well during this time. So that's kind of how we pivoted during the pandemic. Could you talk a little bit about your PhD program, environmental epidemiology, what that means for all of us, I think myself included, and also how does that relate to your, your project GGO? Yeah, so um, environmental epidemiology is how the environment impacts your health. And specifically, so traditionally environmental epidemiology is talking about like lead poisoning and like arsenic poisoning and kind of different environmental exposures, um, negative environmental exposures. But I'm personally interested in how access to green space and nature, as well as how climate change influences um, child's health and development, as well as educational attainment. So it's really closely related to GGO. I actually, the professor that I mentioned at WashU, we've actually published three peer review papers on how Gateway to the Great Outdoors um, improves the health-related quality of life of our students. So um, that's kind of part of the research that I'm doing. And then I'm doing other research on um, how green space positively impacts um, child development and education, and then how climate change um, might make health disparities and educational disparities larger. That's profound. That's really important. Do you have an idea about where this takes you? Do you hope that this gives you more knowledge to, to serve GGO, or are there other projects that you're also hoping to work with beyond that? Yeah, so um, I definitely um, hope that this gives me more knowledge to um, serve GGO, but um, additionally, I think I'll end up being a, hopefully, I really want to become a professor at a university and kind of do GGO and also do research and teach as well. Because as you said earlier, I do love teaching. Could you reflect a little bit about the ways that you think that CGHS prepared you? Yes, I think CGHS prepared me so well for everything. Um, I mean, as I said earlier, the 
one-on-one attention that I got with from my teachers really motivated me to create a program like GGO. Like I remember going like to whether it was like Miss Musla's um, classroom, like after hours to have additional help, or even if it was just going to Miss Seamer, or who's no longer there, but her office just to talk. Um, the one-on-one mentorship and really it was mentorship that the teachers were giving us at um, CGHS in addition to um, a great education. So really being able to be exposed to that um, and have those great opportunities is really what pushed me and motivated me to um, develop Gateway to the Great Outdoors. And additionally, Tikkun Olam was really a big thing at CJHS. I remember learning about it in Talmud class and then also being very active in Vad Tikkun Olam throughout my time at CJHS. So that's always kind of been um, something that's really meaningful for me um, and Judaism. So being able to learn about that at CJHS a little bit more um, has really prepared me to kind of continue doing acts of Tikkun Olam throughout hopefully my entire life. You're clearly paying, paying for that mentorship in terms of you being a mentor yourself. Are there any memories that, that stick out to you now that, that we're talking about your time in high school? I, it's just so hard because there were so many amazing teachers at CJHS. Like I can think about like Ms. Friedman who would like, you could call her whenever for help on your papers and she was always there to help. Or Miss Cheris, who is just such an amazing math teacher. Miss Eliezer, I like have such fond memories from our physics class doing the egg drop and then also doing AP physics with her. Um, she's an amazing um, teacher. Um, I said already, Miss Musla was great. There were just so many great memories. It would be hard to isolate one, to be honest. The teachers were just so amazing at CJHS, and I was so, so lucky. And then As for extracurriculars, there were just so many great extracurriculars at CJHS. And I think, as I said earlier, um, I really was active um, in Vad Tikkun Olam and really enjoyed that, whether it was um, being co-chairs for the Drives Club, um, which was really meaningful. And I really enjoyed being able to run um, different canned food drives and then um, school supplies drive and coat drive. Um, That was great. And um, yeah, also great opportunities. Like I was a TA in at CJHS for graphic designs with Miss Seymour. And that was really amazing. Um, so they're really, I mean, I can just ramble on for hours if you want, but um, I'm it's sure. a good list. That's a really good list. Uh, and many, if not everyone but Miss Seymour is, is still here. Um, so it's wonderful to, to hear of those names and how long they've also been really doing great by all of our students. You've spoken about this a little bit, but I'm, I'm wondering how and if all of the work that you're doing intersects with your Jewish self. Um, I think totally. I think um, the work, I think what I've always identified most with um, in Judaism is kind of tikkun olam and sadaka. Um, and I think that sense of the importance of kind of repairing the world and doing your part is kind of what I'm focusing on. And I think it's really tikkun olam in two ways as um, I'm really focused in kind of socially tikkun olam with fighting educational disparities and health disparities, but then also with environmentally and literally um, trying to fight to really protect the planet because 
yeah, we are definitely entering some scary times with climate change and everything. So um, it's really important as a Jew to really take um, climate change seriously and focus on tikkun olam and repairing our planet. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Rochelle Stories. Next week, we'll catch up with another member of the class of 2013, Josh Flink. Josh recently served as a research assistant for the award-winning book, The New Jewish Canon, a text we use in our Jewish study classrooms and will soon be studying with alumni and adults during Tuesday Lunch and Learns. Check back next Wednesday for another episode. Thanks so much.